1: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: This is attorney Larry Rowe. Question. Why would you take a local auto crash case to a huge out-of-state law firm? Be smart. Stay local. And visit me at LarryLRowe.com.
4: The views and opinions expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 580 WCHS, its employees, or WVRC Media. 580 Live is presented by Thornhill Automotive and is broadcast live from the Parmar Store's studio.
2: Eight minutes past nine o'clock, you're listening to 580 Live on the voice of Charleston... 580 WCHS, 1111 Virginia Street, the audio center of the universe. Thank you so much for tuning in on this uh, Thursday morning now, in, uh, this week in, uh, in May. I'd like to go ahead and uh, introduce right off the bat, uh, it's going to be sitting in with me the entire hour today, as Andrew Donaldson is uh, with me, a native of uh, the area, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, yeah, right, Andrew? Yeah, so, uh, Somersville. That's right, from, from the area, uh, grew up listening to a lot of WCHS. We share a lot oh, of the yeah. same background. We yeah, share a we lot do. of the same background as far as uh, early uh, early radio listening. In our in our childhood and everything, yeah. Andrew has a show called the Heard Tell Show. Uh, uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about the show that you do.
3: Yeah, I'm originally from Somersville. I joined the military in 2000, and that kind of took me all over the world and back again. But, yeah, I'm a I'm a local kid. It, every, just being here and listening to, like, the sound drops and stuff, I'm back in the backseat of my dad's car, and we're going to Charleston, and that's a big deal. And, you know, if we're lucky, we'll get to eat out of fast food. And if I'm really lucky, maybe the fifth quarter, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> so this is, this is big doings for me, man. This is exciting. I really appreciate being here.
2: I would love to be able to tell you that we could go and get some salad bar at the fifth quarter after <laughs> uh, for lunch or something today, but unfortunately the fifth quarter is no longer
3: there. I know. That's a very specific reference, but everybody that knows what we're talking exactly, about is smiling now. Because and, especially was, the salad bar reference, deal. too. Yeah, Exactly,
2: oh, yeah. I love that salad bar and and the salmon and the salmon. I was yeah. a big fan of the salmon as well. But Andrew, I was uh, I was on his uh, program uh, a couple months ago. Now I think uh, heck, who knows in these days and times uh, what time is. But I uh, I wanted to uh, return the invite and have Andrew come back. So he's going to be sitting in the entire hour as a kind of a guest, but also as kind of a guest co-host. So uh, it's open phone lines uh, for the most part. You're welcome to give us a call this morning. We could talk about anything that you want to talk about. Uh, of course, uh, what happened uh, in Texas is still uh, when everyone's mind uh, harvey and i just talked about that quite a bit in uh, the previous program if you want to weigh in on that you're more than welcome to 304-345-5858 304-345-5858 you can text over any questions or comments that you have and i so leave, love reading your uh, your comments you can uh, text those over to 304-509-5008 that's 304-509 or 539-5008 304-539-5008 um sometimes especially via text although it's weird you know it used to be that the the comment section of uh, web pages were pretty bad because you could be anonymous. And yeah. then, uh, like when Metro News, we switched over to going, you had to be registered at Facebook, and so you had to have an account. So it wasn't anonymous anymore. It is surprising to me how many people will use their phone number and send you some really incendiary oh, things. Yeah. Like yeah. their personal phone number, and they're just sending you like, hope you die, you commie. Yeah, pre- hope you die in a car wreck tonight on the way home.
3: Yeah, pre-discus and things like that, where they start actually filtering some of that internet with some really ugly, vile stuff. But, it, it you know, we got to add the internet to the old adage of money, power, and alcohol. It just reveals more of what you are. It's, people think they've got this suit of armor on when they go on their social media or their phones and the rules don't apply anymore. And it just continually surprises me. It's like, you know, sending – pressing send is a voluntary option. <laughs> and people just don't take that extra second. And especially big thing – we have a thing we talk about all the time when in our business and with our writers and on our shows. Like, you know, 24-hour rule when you have a, a shooting like this or a tragedy like this. The story is never right those first – how long have you been doing radio now? The story never right those first reports. The 24 hour port, the 40, you know, we're on what? Almost the 72 hour mark. We're just now starting to find out some really important detail. Don't smash send on the first thing you feel. You're always going to regret it, but people keep doing it.
2: And, and and that happens a lot, and uh, and it's and even in our positions, it's tough because you have to report on the news a little bit, um, or in, in this case, commentate on it. I'm not yeah. a news reporter. I'm just I'm just doing a talk show here, and giving an avenue for folks to uh, uh, to comment on what they uh, want to talk talk about as well as what I think. But but you have to have um, some language that you use, but also you have to take a leap of faith sometimes and, and hope that some of the information that you're sharing is is uh, factual. Uh, yesterday, um, uh, the um, mike pushkin was on with us we had different levels of uh where we were up to on the story and so some of the things that he was talking about was some stuff that i had read differently on and so we were we were kind of competing in that way and that's just what happens after a huge story like that
3: yeah i was actually listening to all of that uh episode yesterday everybody can do that wchsnetworks.com the podcast i was listening to it riding up and i was just sitting there and it but it's the same thing all over the country it's not just specific to here you can hear the frustration. You can hear the, you know, and you understand as a host, they're not really mad at you. You're just kind of the proxy for what they're feeling. People are hurt and they're angry and they're upset and they don't. The really ugly thing with this is it keeps happening and happening. They don't know where to channel it anymore because it doesn't seem like anywhere they're channeling it. Legislatively, nothing's happened. The media is just making it louder without actually making anything happen. Our communities don't seem to have an answer for it. That frustration is real. So even though it's kind of ugly and it gets a little out of hand sometimes, you got to give people that part of the grieving process to get that stuff out before they can start going to, okay, let's rationally sit down and think about this and start working on maybe some policy things, maybe some community things, whatever we're going to work on. You got to give folks that first blast and just let them get it out to to an extent. You can go too far. That's part of the grieving process for people. They've got to get that anger out. Now, hopefully, now we're getting more details. We're finding out stuff about the police response. We're finding out stuff about the shooter. We're finding out stuff about how the school was set up security-wise. We're finding out all these details now. Folks can hopefully start settling down, turn the noise down, and go, okay, how do we start addressing this?
2: I think all that uh, that you bring up is is uh, salient points, and, and that's kind of the brand of the show that you do is uh, y- your, your kind of tagline is it is turning the noise down on uh, yeah. on today's discussions. And one of the things that I find that's fascinating about how you do your show, and and I think that there is a future in in presenting news and commentary in this way. I have no idea what, like, your official political designation. I don't care, but I I have no idea what it is. And following you for some time now and us being online friends and having to do some things, I generally feel, know how you feel about some of the things that we've talked about, and some sure. of the things we go on. I don't know what you, what like in depth exactly how you feel about every single issue, but I know that there's a lot of places we have common ground on. There might be places we don't necessarily have common ground on, but I think that what you do on your show, and you basically ask people to trust you. Yeah. You you present yourself. You're open and honest about what you feel, and you bring on guests and present stories that's obviously from your perspective and you ask people to trust that your perspective that you're doing your best to be to moderate that discussion but that doesn't necessarily mean that you both sides every issue and Mm. i think that that's really important in what we try to do in news is not every issue is necessary and i don't mean what we're talking about specifically right now with guns or anything else but there's some issues that just doesn't necessarily require both sides to to have a way in all the time we don't need to hear both sides of the moon landing
3: no i'm sorry we don't but we always need to have perspective yeah and what's really important about doing it the way we try to do it and I'm not the only one there's a lot of people that help me do that you know we try to have we have everybody on we have progressives on we have conservatives on we will talk to anybody our show is carried on conservative radio with our radio partner but you know I've also been on Young Turks Network doing spots I've been on Fox News doing spots you have to have perspective wide perspective So every story you have, it's like you said, like, yeah, you can get in the nitty gritty of the details. You get lost down those rabbit holes fast. So it's not just policies and ideologies. Can you keep a wide enough perspective to know when, like, okay, maybe I have an ideological gap here. Maybe I have a knowledge gap on this subject. Maybe this person is telling me something that I just don't fully understand and I need to listen instead of just opining off of my priors. That's kind of what we try to do because that seems to be what's missing in our news cycle. And it's not all the media's fault because they're a business. But when it's just news story, news story, news story, news story, noise story, you lose perspective. So that's why we have the ability with the long-form way of doing radio and podcasting. You can take the step back and go, okay, well, this, I'm going to have my buddy from the U.K. come in and tell us about what's going on in America because they got a different perspective. That kind of stuff. You, perspective is what you can bring even if you don't have all those specific details and all those specific facts. And that's a safer – like that 24-hour rule, wait until you get the perspective. It just get, you know, You don't lose internet points for just waiting and getting it right. And that's what we try to do.
2: And it's and it, what you said there is amazing in, in, in gaining perspective from different viewpoints and trying to go close to the source. I know, for sure. example, uh, during the uh, the riots that were happening across the country after uh, the George, uh, George Floyd death, and uh, there was a lot of uh, talk about what was happening in Portland. Yeah. And depending on what news source you went to, either the entire city was burning, or hey, this <laughs> isn't a big deal, right? Right. I just so happen to have been in the position where I know two people that live in Portland. I know two people that yeah. that I've uh, that I've that I know fairly well that live there Uh, they're not my best friends but I'm friendly enough with them to be able to reach out and say hey what's going on there and oddly enough uh, they're of slightly different political persuasions I got slightly different um uh, uh, narratives from each of them about what was going on in Portland, both of them considerably different than what you would get from either of the the baked-in news uh, sources that you would go to. So neither of them were actually giving – neither news sources that you would broadly go to, say um, MSNBC or Fox News or whatever, um, were really telling the whole story in, in either direction as according to the folks that were actually just live there. Yeah. And not enough people – not everybody knows somebody that necessarily lives in Portland, but you should probably be skeptical enough of if you're being told exactly what you want to hear to make you feel that thing that makes you want to watch a little more, it probably means you're being marketed to.
3: Yeah, you're being marketed to. One, I think the seventh or eighth episode we ever did was on Portland. I had two friends that are writing. They're actually more like mentors, really. Had them both on, and we had a chat about Portland for 40 minutes. One of them's a lawyer, Bert Lyko. He's on the program frequently. Brilliant lawyer, brilliant attorney he actually works like a block down from where all that was happening at the federal courthouse cuz he's a lawyer you know all the lawyers offices around the corner so we actually talked to them and they had a great perspective Todd Kelly who's a feature writer for for big time magazines been a featured reporter for a long long time great you know that's that perspective thing he's like hey i live in this city what the narrative isn't fitting it, but it's also masking what the real problems were. And he was critical of his city, and he was critical of his own political party and his own ideology and saying, hey, we failed here, and it's caused part of this mess. You don't get that perspective unless you talk to him. You, you mentioned uh, George Floyd in Minnesota. Uh, Dennis Saunders, real good friend of mine, I was just on a program last week. I was just on his show Tuesday. He's a pastor and minister. In, you know, He walked those streets when those communities burned down. So we have him – I'm not going to opine on it. I'm going to have him come on and talk about it, and he can explain it to me. It's, you know, perspective, talking to the students. We have a nationalized media, which is good and bad, but we have technology that we can kind of get around that. We can talk to people at the sources now, and that's something we try to do.
2: Let's talk just for a few minutes before we take our first break. So I want to uh, see – well, let, let's go to the Fruit Pharmacy text line first. We'll come to you today from the Parmar Store Studios. From the Fruit Pharmacy text line – just to give an example, um, from the previous show that I was doing before this, when Harvey and I were talking, so we're like 20 minutes into the show, ultimately, we were talking and Harvey took a few minutes. his show, so he can talk about whatever he wants to, and ultimately, he was talking about, um, about uh, the shooting that happened in Texas, and Harvey's ultimate conclusion, after a, a fairly nuanced discussion, was, why don't we at least take a look at this 2% of the gun deaths, which is the the, the mass shootings, what's causing those? I mean, almost every one of them is the long guns and different things. And if you believe, and I'm not saying that that I even agree with Harvey or anything else. I'm just saying this is what his perspective was. And he's like, so why don't we look at making access to those things harder again? Not banning them, but making them a little harder again. Maybe making a little waiting period, a little more intense background check. Maybe you agree with that or not. I'm not taking necessarily a position on that at this moment. And frankly, me using this language as part of the conversation, like having oh. to apologize for myself before I even finish my thought, right? But he was like, a couple minutes into even trying to have this discussion, we get a text that says, words are hurtful. Perhaps the government should restrict Harvey and Coop's freedom of speech, much like they advocate for restricting the Second Amendment. So immediately, Harvey's just trying to have a nuanced discussion. He didn't yeah. say anything about taking away gun rights or anything else. And this is the response that you get. Um, so, moving away from the Second Amendment and and guns for just a minute, because we'll get back to there maybe after the break. Let's talk about another big story that broke this week, which was the Alex Mooney story yeah. here here in West Virginia. Because I wanted to talk about something different other than guns. So let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about this for just a moment. Um, I'm sort of of the opinion that it doesn't really matter when this story would have broke that he would have won his his election regardless. Well,
3: let's be honest. We knew.
2: We, yeah, we knew right, this exactly. was coming it's during the campaign. Happened,
3: we knew nobody didn't know. Come on. Yeah. Right.
2: So so the question is. And 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 the brand of, of politics that you campaign on with that particular uh with that particular um outlook. Mm-hmm. Um you're supposed to be for like the blue collar, the working class, um, you know, fighting for the people against uh, uh the elite, the ivory towers and stuff like that. But that's not really what it's about, is it? I mean, not from the constituents, Sam. I and mean, I'm just wondering here because there's no way that you can look at a guy that sends staffers out to walk your dog or to, uh, to get your car fixed or, or uh, that uh, uses campaign finances when supposedly you're, you're fairly well off anyway to pay for your vacations and things like that. You're not really doing that as, as an outlet, as somebody you think is going to fight the working class. It's a culture thing. It has to be. Yeah. Right. I mean, I yeah. don't know. i no, I'm it's a culture thing.
3: Well, this is a this is an ongoing problem. I mean, how far back you want to go? We had the banking scandal back in the '90s. You can, there's so much corruption. I mean, just here locally. I mean, I I could giggle at this story in Nick Ray Hall. You really want to go there? <laughs> right. Like, right. Like this is not a new thing. And there's shades of corruption. Well, the Ray story is a great callback, yeah. yeah. I, hey, man, I'm Braxton County kid. Originally, we moved <laughs> to Somersville. I, that was my rep for years and years and years, the old 3rd District. No, it, this is ongoing stuff. This is one of those things. You know, one of my real good friends is a, a reporter in Congress, and I talk to him off the record all the time. And they just joke about it. It, Here you go. A good friend of mine, Jericho Hill, he's on our show all the time. He's an economist now, but he was a congressional staffer back in the day before he started working for one of the four-letter, not three-letter, government agencies as an economist now. But he was actually in pro-wrestling. Uh, He was an agent and a TV producer and even refereed some matches for one of the national wrestling coaches, and he joked all the time. He goes like, man, pro wrestling is just like working in Congress. They go out, they do their promos, they come back in, they laugh about the promo they just had. There's a lot of performative to it. The problem is when it becomes performative, you start letting those ethics things because you're not like, oh, I'm the star of this show. It's just a human nature thing. So they start, hey, go pick up my kid. Hey, go do this. Congress has a lot of overlapping things to keep you from doing it. There is no such thing as a congressman that doesn't know that they should not do this. That is not possible because of the things they go through. So, yeah, he, he knew it's, not, it's corrupt. How much corruption are you going to tolerate? That's the question because apparently the voters, it didn't bother them too much. Is this going to change it? I don't know.
2: Yeah, that, I find that, that that whole thing to be very interesting because if you ask constituents what their tabletop issues are, the tabletop issues that they talk about don't seem to really line up with the evident ethics of the person that you vote for sometimes. And and right. I, I don't understand where that that – that's where I guess maybe nationalized media and – if a guy gets under the skin of your competition in some way that makes you feel The right good.
3: enemies. I always like that one. I was like, well, what does that mean? The yeah, right, right. enemies. They're fighting the right enemies. Oh, well, okay. But what's that getting you exactly? And uh, it's, it's it's a great rhetoric line. It makes you feel good. It tickles your ears. What does that really mean? Like, if his ethics are bad, and okay, he's fighting the right enemies, but he's still supposed to be doing a job.
2: I think my conclusion to this comes to, I mean, in this case, kind of media did its job. I mean, if, if media is supposed to, to hold politicians to power, I mean, it you may is. not like, you know, you, you might try to couch media one way or the other, but uh, you know, this investigation is pretty, I mean, there's going to be people debating, I guess, on the accuracy of it or whatever. But when you look at the details that's, that's supported by this and the evidence that's supported by it, it might be kind of hard to unwind. But yeah. but I guess that... that People aren't really necessarily looking at those details when they're when they're making their their vote. They're looking for somebody that's going to be a warrior for them on their, on their issues, and they give them a pass on if that's their personal ethic or not.
3: Well, what's your priority? Is your priority what you're watching on TV and your talking head segments, is that your priority, or is good policy and good governance your policy? Because if your priority is what you're being entertained with on TV, then this is, this is how that all fits together with what you're saying. If your priority is having good governance and building a better country and building a better community and building a better world, that doesn't fit into that but if your priority is just what you, just entertain me this is now a spectator sport that's what politics has become for a lot of people that fits that mentality perfectly because now you can excuse it i i would like to have good competent governments that's just me and
2: i and i think that this is where probably and i'm i can't solve anything but no. one of the problems that we have when we talk about nationalized politics is that we've now started voting for the national policy on the local level, mm-hmm. so we can no longer necessarily um, we can no longer necessarily um, look at this as as a them problem because we 're the ones that 's doing the the electing i mean sure, there might be the national media that 's out there that 's presenting these things. Uh, th- these people that are in office might be doing things that you are uncomfortable with, but if we are still voting them into office and into power. I mean, that's not really their fault at that point, right? <laughs> no,
3: we're talking about the conversations we don't want to have. We have representative government. You know what that means really? that means we get the government we deserve most with very few exceptions. We get the government we deserve either by omission or commission, either we chose it or more likely because we see the voter turnout letters. A lot of people just don't care enough to do something about it. Both ways we're getting the government we deserve. So there's always a little bit of, we need to look in a mirror, but we don't like to do that as voters. It's easier to just yell at the TV about people in Washington, but yeah, we get the government we deserve most of the time with a few exceptions.
2: I would like to hear, and actually we had a texture again from the fruit pharmacy text line, and this is a really good point from 304932. Um, how about somebody call in and, uh, and explain support for, for somebody like, uh, uh, that's under an ethical quagmire, like, uh, like representative Mooney yeah. is. Maybe you do have a, instead of a, uh, of a, uh, of a reactionary vote, maybe you do have a very, um, uh, uh nuanced vote for a reason or uh, support, and there's a reason for that. And I would like to hear what it is. I mean, uh, what's the one position that you really like, or the the one I don't know uh, proposed bill? I don't know if there's anything out there, but if there's something that you like, I'd like to know. I mean, because yeah. because I don't want to I don't want to put those words in somebody's mouth. I just look at it observationally, and it, and it seems very odd that tabletop issues compared to the candidates don't always match up yeah. and and i don't really know what that is necessarily yeah. let's go ahead and take a break why don't we do that let's take a break we'll come back by the way I- let's get into this just a little bit before we go on the break we have a, a special guest that's coming up from the cato institute scott lissicum is going to join us and he is their uh finance policy director um i followed and it ends up that you and i both have followed scott online and and uh, through his various media outlets for years now so you were very familiar with him when i told him that uh, told you that he was going to be our guest in the second half hour um trade is one of those things that uh that um if you shift things back to like 1990 or something, I would be like a straight up Republican one. Right. I mean, that's, I mean, there's like no question about that. Uh, things have changed in the parties from from like the early 1990s or the late late 1990s to now, when to where your positions stand. But that's one of the things that the Cato Institute, obviously being a somewhat libertarian adjacent uh, think tank, and that Scott has always been pretty consistent on. And I really enjoy um, the free trade uh, discussion when it comes to that because there seems to be a lot of things that we do in this country that that, um, we're really hurting ourselves when it comes to the cost of our products and a lot of it comes to play now when we talk about these supply chains
3: yeah but in the 90s we were still going to hex for our clothes and not ordering <laughs> it on amazon right right. right right right, right. Exactly. and that's what scott will get into like it's not just your community the world changed and that's changing your communities and it's changing how you run your household how you run your household is not the same as 10 years ago that's economics and that's something that need. so there's all those big numbers and big words there's a very practical age of that so when we start seeing things silly things like the toilet paper shortage remember that and now with fuel and the cost of living stuff which is what's way more serious that's That's why you need to talk to people like Scott and they're like, okay, here's why this happened. Here's what's going to change. More importantly, what's coming next.
2: And I think that the the thing that I'm always uh, that my eyes are always opened the most on. And this should be evident to most people but but nice to have this reminder when you have somebody whose specialty is in a certain industry or sector and they're being honest, they don't play necessarily to political administration. So when you hear someone like Scott talk, he's not going to, he's not going to context anything Well, Mm. this current administration or the last administration or the Obama administration or the Bush administration. He looks at it more from, from a a wider perspective. And so you have to take the blame across all of the administrations because that's where it lies. I Mm. mean, it's not a Republican or Democrat thing. This is where we've gotten into, to some, quagmires that you need some political courage to get out of. And, and frankly, we don't have people that have that political courage yeah, to get yeah, out, out of. Yeah, the real
3: old adage is the president gets way too much blame and way too much credit when it comes to economics. And that's true. And Scott has great perspective on everything except nachos. We may actually <laughs> ask him about this. His nacho <laughs> take is not good, but we'll get into that later.
2: That's pretty funny. Okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Scott Lissakam is going to join us. He is from the Cato Institute. You're listening to 580 Live from the Farmar Store Studio. Andrew Donaldson from the Herd Tell Show is my guest in studio this morning.
4: We'll be back right after this. The brand new Generations Physical Therapy for Nitro and Crosslanes is now open. Get your appointment at GenerationsPT.com.
1: Summer starts here, and it's time to get back to the Thornhill Motor Mile. We're inviting you to enjoy summer in style with the all-new Thornhill Toyota National Sales Event. Click or come by to save on the new 2022 Toyota RAV4 Hybrid. Or America's best-selling car, Toyota Camry, with 1.75% APR for 48 months. All with our Thornhill Value Plus Warranty. Summer starts here with the National Sales Event at the all-new Thornhill Toyota. Visit us online at thornhilltoyotawv.com and on the Thornhill Motor Mile, US 119 Chapmanville. All Yes, tax on a license and four ninety nine doc being not included. See Thornhill for all details. Be happy, and call Pappy. Be happy, call Pappy.
4: The Pappy's Air Comfort cool word of the day is Pappy's Comfort. Tune in between 4 and 5 this afternoon and listen for their cool word of the day. Then be the first to call 304-345-5858 and repeat the word to be entered to win. With Pappy's Air Comfort Cool Words Summer Giveaway on 580
1: WCHS. Be happy, call Pappy.
4: Some exes are a real pain in the backside. But Omega Commercial Interiors has the X that's all about stress-free comfort. Hi, I'm David McCormick, owner of Omega Commercial Interiors, and I'm talking about the amazing X-chair. Infinite recline, dynamic variable lumbar support, and available heat and massage make the X-chair a customer favorite. Omega Commercial Interiors has X-chairs in stock and ready to ship. The X-chair is the X you'll love to see every day. Learn more at omegacommercialinteriors.com.
1: Poca Valley
0: Bank, your community bank, is ready to serve you for all of your banking and financial needs. Poca Valley Bank has been serving customers in your community since 1908. Stop by one of
2: our seven convenient locations in Elkview, Sissonville, Poca, Winfield, Clarendon, Spencer, or Walton, and let us become your community bank. Visit us online at PocaValleyBank.com to learn more about our personal and business services. Poca Valley Bank, where relationships matter. Member FDIC.
4: Presented by Rx ByTel Pharmacy, your neighborhood pharmacy on Charleston's West Side. Proud to bring you Rx by Pack, a pre-filled pouch system which divides your tablets and capsules into multiple-day doses perfectly matched to your doctor's instructions. Learn more at rxbytel.com.
2: You can be listening on live online right now. Live streaming at 580 Live is brought to you by attorney Larry L. Rowe. Visit LarryLRowe.com or 304-925-1333. Also, we're going to go to the phone lines and phone calls to 580 Live for services of Sears Volume Company, offering quality memorials since 1911 with locations in Charleston, Huntington, Beckley, and Parkersburg. You're listening to 580 Live this morning. I'm Dale Cooper. Guest hosting this morning for uh, Dave Allen, who, uh, by the way, Dave, if uh, you're not listening, because I got some uh, uh, pictures from you last night from the beach, and I know that you're having a good time. Uh, You got that shrimp and grits that I was really uh, kind of jealous of seeing you eat. Uh, But but today is Dave Allen's... uh, two-year anniversary for being uh, the host of 580 Live. So, uh, happy anniversary to Dave Allen. Uh, we'll look forward to having you back next Tuesday. There's no show on Monday since it's a holiday. And so Dave will be back on Tuesday of next week with 580 Live. Andrew Donaldson is in studio with me this morning. He's the host of the, uh, the Hurt Tell Show and, uh, a native to our area, Summersville and, uh, and, uh, by way coming through here at Charleston, uh, appreciate Andrew coming in this morning. And we have a, we have a special guest from the Cato Institute. Um, it is, uh, Scott Lissicum is with us this morning. I've had Scott on before. He's uh, their uh director of finance and uh, he joins us this morning. Scott, good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good morning, Scott. How are you doing this morning? I'm, I'm doing well how are you i'm doing really well i really appreciate you uh coming on with us this morning and i know that you're a busy guy uh, believe me i watched about an hour of your media hits last night and and they all came all over right. like a two-day period so so uh, i know that you're a busy guy right now because of your area special uh, specialties thanks for coming on the air in charleston west virginia with us andrew donaldson from the herd Tale shows with me i'm gonna let you lead off andrew because i know you had a question for scott
3: well yeah I, i've been wanting to talk one of the reasons i started doing media was so i could talk to all my twitter follows so i could meet him in person <laughs> so you're one of them sir uh but no i was going to add let's just start big picture for a minute because economics gets really heavy in numbers and stuff real quick it's also one of those things people don't pay attention to until it affects them directly we've had about two or three years now covid uh supply chain cost of living fuel prices do you see anything you do all this media that coop was just talking about are we actually learning anything or are we just getting louder and louder about it even though we're talking about it more
5: yeah, I, unfortunately, I mean, I don't think there are a lot of uh, uh, learn. There's a lot of learning going on. Uh, hopefully, uh, in in retrospect, we'll be able to learn some lessons from this because there actually are a lot of very good lessons. I think we can learn um, in in the kind of trade and econ space. As you know, global supply chains have been snarled, and as uh, store shelves are empty at times, um, you know, the initial immediate reaction, kind of a gut reaction of people out there, is ah, oh, we should make. Everything here, right? We can avoid all of these supply chain problems if we just made everything here at home. Um, And in fact, you know, you hear the president, President Biden has said this on occasion, that the way you solve inflation is by making everything here. President Trump, of course, was a big fan of, of bringing stuff back to America and all that. And this makes, you know, it makes some sense at the, at the kind of top superficial level. But when you dig into it, uh, you know, when you get into the weeds, uh, you see a lot of problems with it. And uh, quite frankly, uh, you know, this baby formula shortage that we're having right now is, I think, a really unfortunate lesson in what happens when you put all your eggs in one basket, um, when you, you know, have just everything satisfied by domestic manufacturing, because it turns out... Uh, that uh, about 98% of all baby formula is made in the United States. I mean, this is um, uh, the economic nationalist dream scenario. Um, and what we've seen is that when one factory goes down, uh, well, guess what happens? Then you don't have uh, foreign imports to supplement supply. You don't have that variety and that flexibility in an economic system where it can uh, rebound quickly and those store shelves can be uh, filled back up. You contrast that with other sectors, uh, and that are more globalized, and they tend to you know take these shocks better. Certainly, look—it's a pandemic. There are going to be problems when stuff, when economies are shutting down and starting back up, when ports are closed for uh, various reasons. There are going to be problems. Uh, but you know, most of those problems are actually uh, they happen domestically too—trucker shortages, labor shortages, all that kind of stuff too. And in in reality, the best thing we can do is kind of diversify our supplier base. Stay open, stay free, and uh, that's harder. That's the harder lesson uh, and hard to to make because uh, again, the visceral reaction is just let's just bring everything back home. But that can actually end up making us worse off, um, less secure, and even poorer um, than uh, in a free trade environment.
2: Let's talk about the and the, the the baby formula shortage is a great uh, kind of a contextual backdrop to, to this because of the, the reasons you just explained. There's also a policy element to it with the way that uh, oh. uh, the purchases are made. But taking a look at this as kind of a disposition or how that we should be looking at trade, what yeah. are some of the things that politicians miss as far as like, it seems to me that part of the issue is that nobody wants to really tackle the big issues because some of it is politically uncomfortable, regardless of which right. administration is in there.
5: Yeah. And so trade has two big strikes against it in terms of politics. First, it involves foreigners. okay, And, uh, you know, people have a kind of natural, very, I think, uh, understandable bias for, you know, uh, the kind of we want American jobs. We want, you know, American uh, made stuff. Um, So that's, uh, that's your first uh, strike. The second strike is that trade's benefits are mostly unseen. Um, you know, you, you don't really notice that you have more variety at the grocery store. You don't notice um, a lot of the jobs that are created. You don't notice the kind of investment and in global capital flows and all that kind of cool jazz. But what you, And then, by contrast, trade's uh, harms, trade's disruptions are very noticeable, especially in jobs, right? So if foreign imports uh, displace domestic production, uh, you're going to have disruption in the job space. And that's very tangible and very obvious. Um, and so what people miss and are those benefits. And, you know, one of the things we do at Cato is we try to make those unseen benefits seen and shine a light on them. Um, you know, going back to jobs, for example, um, there was a really fantastic study just out, we highlighted it in our new paper, that shows that more than half of jobs created since the Great Recession are in industries that depend on trade in goods. Things like FedEx and Amazon and manufacturers that need uh, imported inputs or export to important export markets, farmers that export to important export markets. So though all of those companies involved in goods trade, which are actually a small share of all American companies, are generating by far the most new jobs in the United States. And those types of things, again, you don't think about, you don't see, whereas when you talk about Say steel imports, for example, and steel worker jobs, that's very obvious and very tangible. So we try to uncover those unseen benefits so that people can can, uh, understand why uh, we should have a a liberalized trading environment, an open trading
3: environment. Scott, they understand the the rhetoric of things like bring it back home like you're talking about, yeah. but then they can see what's going on in the country. You know, the Lehigh Valley is now going high tech. If you ever fly into Detroit, you look down yeah. and see just big patches of green. Uh, Youngstown, I've got a lot of family that went up there earlier in the last century, and we know what happened there. They see that stuff and it doesn't match the rhetoric. So they hear the rhetoric and go, oh, they're going to bring it back. How do we change our terminology, how we talk about this or the nomenclature, if you will, to talk about this in a little bit more way? Because just saying bring it back, that doesn't explain to people that like, hey, we can't make ball bearings and tooling in America anymore. They don't understand that. How do we talk about this in a better, more productive way, do you think?
5: Well I think two things: first is we need to remember that the vast majority of American jobs are in services, not in manufacturing, um, so often the trade debate gets. Stuck on manufacturing. It's stuck on steel jobs or automotive jobs or whatever. And look, those are good jobs, and there's no problem with that. But again, more than eighty percent of all American jobs are in services. Um, a lot of those jobs also aren't even involved in in trade. Uh, they're not. You know, they're in things like say you're a mortgage broker or whatever. You very little global exposure there. So those that va- that means that the vast majority of American Americans, American families, American workers are uh just total winners from from free trade there's really no no downside for them as consumers they reap m- immense benefits so that's the first thing I think we need to remember, is that while manufacturing is great, um, the United States is the second largest manufacturing nation in the world. We're doing just fine in this space. Um, but there are a lot of other things, things that we do well, um, again, in, in the services space. So that's, I think, the first thing. But the second thing is, even in manufacturing, what people need to understand is that American manufacturers are global uh, about half of everything we import are capital goods and equipment used by American manufacturers to make other stuff that they sell here or sell abroad. So, you know, a great example is Boeing. So Boeing, if you if you actually take apart a Boeing plane, what you see is that that Boeing plane that's it's, uh, manufactured in South Carolina or up in Washington state, uh that that plane has parts from all over the world. Um, your iPhone, right? It uh, you we think oh it's made in China. Well, it turns out the iPhone is actually made in about 50 different countries including parts coming from the United States. It's just shipped over to China to be assembled uh and then and then sold in the United States or anywhere else. Now that assembly is actually a tiny part the iPhone's value. And the United States, whether it's the Apple Corporation or Apple suppliers here, derives far more of the value of an iPhone than do Chinese companies, even though in that iPhone arrives in the United States, people think, oh, that's made in China, that's a $300 or whatever it is benefit for the Chinese companies and the Chinese government. turns out we're actually getting most of those benefits. So we need to understand that the <laughs> most American manufacturing is globalized, too, and benefits from open U.S. markets and open markets abroad
2: just a little bit of context there lets you know just how much of a larger uh, story this is and how much it is to unpack and why we need experts like Scott to to uh, talk about these things because th- there's there's areas in this no matter how much as a lay person you try to get into it there's just no way that you're going to be able to to pick up on just a couple minutes uh, wrapping up with Scott Lissacom here he's the uh, director of general economics at the Cato Institute and uh, Scott I know your time is value and I have a couple minutes left with you so I wanted to ask you Let's take a look at like your wish list. Like If there was something right now that would be the easiest thing for any current administration, the Biden administration is the current administration right now, but if there was something that would be the easiest, most impactful thing that could be done to help the country, what would that thing be from your perspective?
5: Well, I think uh, the easiest thing uh, would be for President Biden to eliminate um, a lot of these tariffs that are in place um, on Chinese imports and then imports of steel and aluminum and the rest. Uh, The reason I bring that up is because unlike uh, a lot of things that need Congress, and let's face it, things that need Congress take time if they can ever get done, uh, President Biden could eliminate those with the stroke of a pen. Um, And given our high inflation environment right now, um, that could actually save American families hundreds of dollars a year because tariffs are taxes that are paid by American consumers. So in terms of my immediate wish list, uh, that would be number one. Um, And then number two is um, we really need to go back and take a look at our general tariff code um, because we put a lot of tariffs on stuff that American families need, particularly poor American families. We put high taxes on shoes and clothing and housing materials, so construction materials. And all of these things that Americans need every day in our lives have a tax attached to them. And in fact, those taxes are actually higher in the cheap products. So like cheap shoes are taxed more than expensive designer Italian shoes. So the best thing that I think that would be my long-term goal was to go back and eliminate these biases in, in our tax and our tariff code that are really discriminatory against poor and middle-class American families, just forcing them to pay a lot more every year um, for um, industry like textiles or shoes that doesn't even exist in the United States anymore. And just those tariffs are sitting there um, with, with for, for no good reason.
2: Just briefly, and uh, Andrew, I'll let you uh, finish up here, but my observation anyway, as far as like removing uh, tariffs, uh, like these tariffs uh, uh, um, on China and things like that, really the only reason we're not doing it is because it would be politically an easy oh, yeah. football to be like, oh, look at this, soft on China.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it is, look, it's easy for me as the kind of egghead think tank guy to say, well, just eliminate the, the, the tariffs. I do very much understand that the politically that's difficult um, but in my job is to at least educate the public to understand maybe maybe make it a little politically easier in, in the long term as people kind of understand the costs that these things are inflicting on the, on the US economy and quite frankly they're not even achieving any of the goals we set out to achieve um, you know it's not like Chinas suddenly uh, doing exactly what we want or our best friend in, in the world in fact things have actually just gotten worse so um, you know lifting those things is a, I think a, a no-brainer though I do understand and it's a political uh, problem.
3: Scott Lentzik, joining us. Scott, just to wait, wrap up as we let you go, we appreciate your time, sir, but uh, the talk is maybe we are peaking out on inflation or at least got it in sight. Yeah. That's the question on a lot of people's mind. Uh, are we almost yeah. to the top of the hill? What's on the other side of that hill? Just kind of nutshell that us as we end our time with you, sir. Yeah, and give I, two examples a I, 100-minute I, answer. <laughs> yeah,
5: I'm, I'm optimistic that we are um, because the Fed is taking pretty aggressive action at this point, and you're starting to see Things like the housing market um, and a few other, and the, look, the stock market, those tech stocks. Um, now that that all hurts. It hurts my 401k for sure. But look, we need the Fed to be raising rates and trying to get the demand side stuff under control. Um, you know, look, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of supply side issues um, that still remain very much in flux, thanks to COVID or the Russian invasion, all that kind of stuff. But as long as the Fed keeps doing its job, um, it does look like we're going to get we're going to start getting inflation to slow down. The big question mark, though, is whether that's going to push us into a a full on recession, um, because it's very hard for the Fed to keep raising rates without uh, things contracting too much, you know, without everybody seizing up too much. That's that's the big question mark. We just don't know. So um, I I do think uh, we've we're close to or at peak um, inflation and and it should go down. The question, though, is is you know what's going to happen to to the economy more broadly? Um, do we do we end up getting a couple quarters of negative growth because of uh, that Fed action?
2: Scott Litsikum, the director of general economics at the Cato Institute. I know your time is valuable. I'll cut you loose here, Scott. Thank you so much for uh, taking a few minutes to go on air with us this morning and uh, giving us kind of this uh, this overall perspective. I need to have you on more often so we can do a series of these educational pieces so people can follow along a little bit.
5: That would be my
2: pleasure. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Scott. We appreciate you coming on this morning.
5: Sure thing. Y'all have a good day.
2: Scott Lissigan from the Cato Institute. You know, we have to take a break, and we'll come back right after this. 580 Live, in part brought to you by Thornhill Automotive. It's time for a new Thornhill Toyota National Sales Event. Visit them online at thornhilltoyotawv.com or in person at the Thornhill Motor Mall at on US 119 on the Motor Mall in Chapmanville. We need to take a break and be back right after this. It's 580
4: Live brought to you by the Eric J Tar family businesses Eric J Tar family businesses care for your family
1: Summer starts here, and it's time to get back to the Thornhill Motor Mile. We're inviting you to enjoy summer in style with the all-new Thornhill Toyota National Sales Event. Click or come by to save on the new 2022 Toyota RAV4 Hybrid. Or America's best-selling car, Toyota Camry, with 1.75% APR for 48 months. All with our Thornhill Value Plus Warranty. Summer starts here with the National Sales Event at the all-new Thornhill Toyota. Visit us online at thornhilltoyotawv.com and on the Thornhill Motor Mile, US 119 Chapmanville. Yes, tax on license docking not included. See, don't for all details. what can I do for you
4: we're here to uh, protect you protect me
1: like bodyguards or something yeah exactly <laughs> I think you have the wrong house I'm not in the witness protection program heck I'm not even in politics yeah. so see
4: that little termite oh
1: where'd he come from
4: yeah he just hung a shingle advertising Dan's diner this place will be packed by noon Hire Standard Exterminating, and our crew will surround your home with a perimeter tighter than a Secret Service detail. Visit Standard Exterminating online at standardwv.com for more.
5: Trading in your business fleet or personal vehicle for a new one? Donate your used vehicle to Good News Mountaineer Garage and get the best tax deduction possible and the satisfaction of knowing your donation changed the life of someone in need. Good News Mountaineer Garage repairs donated vehicles and provides them to qualified West Virginia families, giving them access to employment, safe, affordable housing, health care, and other vital necessities, and putting them on the road to economic independence. Call one 866 givecar today for Good News Mountaineer Garage. 866 give
4: I always wanted to learn Spanish, but I never thought I'd have the time. Then I discovered Babbel.
0: Babbel's lessons are fun. They only take like 10 or 15 minutes, and in three weeks, presto, you're speaking another language, like magic.
4: I love that Babbel's lessons aren't just robots talking. They're voiced by native speakers, so you get the pronunciation just right. If you want to learn a language, there's no faster, easier, better way than Babbel.
0: Babbel. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-V-E-L.com. Babbel.com. Babble.com.
4: Presented by RxByTel Pharmacy, your neighborhood pharmacy on Charleston's West Side. Proud to bring you RX by Pack. A pre-filled pouch system which divides your tablets and capsules into multiple-day doses perfectly matched to your doctor's instructions. Learn more at rxbytel.com.
2: We have a couple minutes that you can call in this morning before we have to take our final break. 304-345-5858. Caitlin Murphy providing the music as always uh, this morning. I enjoy it. As Joe always, Withers is
3: always a good call. That's great. Yeah, stuff, man. man. Just, just let that play. We should just be quiet for about a minute. That's what, good.
2: What I love about uh, what I about, love about Caitlin, she has that old soul for music, and I I love uh, younger younger folks. I won't call it. Caitlin is a is a grown, fully functional adult, but but she's younger than I am, and uh, and I uh, enjoy when uh, when uh, folks considerably younger than me share some of my musical tastes. I, I've
3: seen it with my own children, though. This is what streaming's done. They listen to every. Everything. The stuff that gets Everything. popular on TikTok
2: just blows me away. It's like, man, that throwaway trash hit from the eighties is now popular again. What's it, it, that all about? Their
3: musical knowledge is so much better than what we had. I mean we had three radio stations and cassettes. <laughs> like it just but it's my even my own children, they listen to absolutely every single genre. It just blows my mind. I love it. Good stuff.
2: By the way, from the Fruit Pharmacy text line, uh, when I asked, uh, hey, give, let me know what you did vote for Mooney for, the the positive reason to vote for him on an actual policy position. And uh, from the three zero four six one zero, I voted for Mooney because he voted no on in the infrastructure bill. Everything that bill they build is wasted because there's no maintenance. So th- th- that was a policy position or a reason for voting that's in the, in the positive. So at least that was somebody that had a position that they affirmatively voted for
3: yeah i mean i get that a position look all government bills have oversight and waste and lots of waste that was three times the bill that the government itself asked for but then you get into it's like well you still got to have infrastructure spending you know good bad or indifferent so it's one of those things it's like all right less you're two evils you're still going to wind up with an evil but everybody's got to work that out in their own head when they go to vote yeah
2: that's very true and and uh you know i i think that as long as we as people are are conscientious about what they're voting for on a policy level that that generally uh, people talk about going back to guns for just a moment sure um and so we we can we can finish up this conversation where where we kind of started as far as this goes and that would just be that if we could at least get to the point where we acknowledge that we need to have the discussion at a policy and at a, at a personal level and take kind of the national heat that's out of it. So mm. frankly, we have to take the lobby group out of it. We have to take – it would be nice to take politicians at least out of it to a degree, talk about issues, come up with some ideas, and find out which politicians more support what would be you know, uh, the best path going forward. I don't know if even that is possible. So I don't know how you get to this place where you can actually have the discussion. How do you even get there? You
3: know what I got? You ever go to church and get convicted on something? I got convicted on something listening to you do this show yesterday. I was listening to the podcast version. We keep. I do it too. I say we need to have the discussion. You know what? We need to back off that for just a second and go, well, wait a minute. We have this soundbite society right now. You know, like a teenager or your kid, like you go, well, there's certain conversations I can't have with them because they're not mature enough to handle it. I really wonder if we have such a soundbite Mm -hmm. society, we can't have this conversation. I think we're skipping a step here. I think we need to back up a little bit. We need to start with some humility. Uh, The number one trending thing on Twitter this morning was, shall not be infringed. Yeah, it's in the Constitution. I believe that. But if you're just waving it like a flag at people, you're never going to get to that conversation. And the same thing with people that are immediately going, you know, we're having an inflamed—he gave an inflamed speech in the well of the Senate. Well, my social media is full of inflamed speeches. That in 545 will get you karma macchiato. <laughs> where, where are you as a legislator building an organization? Where are you building a coalition to actually do some policy stuff? I think we're skipping the step to discussion. I'm guilty of it. I'll, I'll, I'll wear the hat. I'm guilty of it. I say let's have a discussion. I think we need to back up a step before that and go, okay, what do we need to do— to equip people to have this discussion i think we skipped a step maybe and i'll take blame for it because i'm a media guy too now so
2: that's a that's a really great point we'll we'll try to talk about that a little bit more when we come back but we need to take our final break to pay some bills from the parmar store studios this is Five Eighty love
4: brought to you by the eric j tar family businesses eric j tar family businesses have been creating jobs in west virginia since 1997
1: summer starts here and it's time to get back to the thornhill motor mile we're inviting you to enjoy summer in style with the all-new thornhill toyota national sales event clicker come by to save on the new 2022 toyota rat 4 hybrid or america's best-selling car toyota camry with 1.75 percent apr for 48 months all with our thornhill value plus warranty summer starts here with a national sales event at the all-new thornhill toyota visit us online at thornhill and on the thornhill motor mob us 119 chapmanville all GPS tax on a license at Doc being not included. See so for all details. Greer Industries
4: is a proud supporter of the West Virginia Scholar Program and West Virginia Wesleyan. For over 100 years, Greer Industries has been providing products that build a solid foundation and pave the way to a bright future. Greer Asphalt Company has three conveniently located asphalt plants in north central West Virginia where they can produce a superior product with unparalleled customer service, all WVDOH approved. To learn more, Visit greerindustries.com or call 304-296-2549.
3: At Gareeb Dental Group, we treat all our patients like family. This mission has been with us from the beginning, ever since Dr. Sammy Garib opened our first location over 40 years ago. Now, with six convenient locations to serve you and your family in POCA, South Charleston, Cross Lanes, St. Albans, Taze Valley, and Canal City, it's easier than ever for us to see your smile. Give us a call at 1 800 Great Care or visit GaribDentalGroup.com
4: so we may treat you how we treat all of our patients like family. This is Jim Strawn for Banker's Life. For over 140 years, Banker's Life has provided financial security to their clients and policyholders. During the same time, Banker's Life has helped change the lives of many of their associates personally, professionally, and financially. Questions regarding Medicare and Social Security? 304-757-4134. If you're interested in a free review with a financial advisor or looking for a new career in the financial industry, contact them. Dennis Harmonson at BankersLife.com. Dennis, H-A-R-M-I-S-O-N at BankersLife.com. no life like the banker's life presented by rx by pharmacy your neighborhood pharmacy on charleston's west side proud to bring you rx by pack a pre-filled pouch system which divides your tablets and capsules into multiple day doses perfectly matched to your doctor's instructions learn more at RxBytel.com.
2: You're listening to 580 Live, WCHS, the voice of Charleston. I'm Dale Cooper. Just about, uh, well, a minute and a half left in the show. I guess that's going to about wrap it up. Darn it! But uh, thank you so much for uh, for listening this morning. Uh, let's see. We from final text from the text line. This the discussion should start with what resource could your organization or could you personally offer to this discussion, so we can start moving towards the resolution.
3: I look. I'm fine with accountability, but we need top to bottom accountability, especially the news story we're getting about the law enforcement stuff today. Everybody needs accountability. Government, media, we need accountability too. Everybody. So I'm fine with that. Let's let's do that and let's do it uniformly because more accountability will solve a lot of these problems. So that's probably not where they were aiming that, but I'll take it and take it there, and I'm good with that.
2: I, I, I don't disagree. That's Andrew Donaldson, who's been uh, great enough to sit in with me today. He's oh, from the Hertel Show you can find online. Any e- easy address, uh, web address to go to to check you out?
3: Just put Hertel Show, any of the podcasting platforms, or YouTube if you really want to watch it. We'd love to have you. Ordinary-Times.com is where I'm managing editor. Great talent there. This really is a thrill. I grew up listening to the station, so thanks, Coop. Really appreciate this, buddy.
2: Thanks for coming in, man. I really appreciate it. That. That's Andrew it
3: Donaldson. I'm Dale
2: Cooper. Uh, join me back here at 3 o'clock with uh, Dave Weekly. Curtivals up next. Have a great day, everyone.
4: WCHSAM, W243 DRFM Charleston, and W283 AQ Cross Lanes, a WVRC Media Station. We're proud to live here too.